This episode of the Fair Game Podcast is brought to you by the Fair Game Golf app. It's like having a clubhouse and a scorecard on your phone. Connect with golfers across the globe, find people to play with, and track your rounds all in one place. If you want to show off that new putter or flex that you're about to play a top 100 course, you can do that too. It's like any other social media app, but just for golf. Best of all, it's 100% free. Head to the Apple or Google Play stores and check it out. Fair Game, the app for golfers. Welcome to episode 50. How are you doing, sir? The big 5-0. It's pretty wild. What a quick start to the year, huh? Yeah, the year's been good. You know, got a little Florida golf in. That was fun. We'll talk about that in a second. And uh, it's warm here in New York. It's like 50 degrees, so that's always great. People better be out pushing those push carts this weekend. That's for sure. (laughs) I did. uh, I like peaked at the tee times at Marine Park, the course in Brooklyn where I normally play. And... They are completely full. There's nothing. Like New Yorkers, they catch a whiff of above 50 and they lose their minds. They, they sure do. We've sadly up here in Westchester, the greens are still covered in tarps. So we will not be golfing up north weekend. Yeah. Are you going to rain? Can you range it all or is there just nothing? They're shut down. Uh, the, main, the main course is closed down. I could play the lower. I think I might get out for a few holes tomorrow. Uh, you know, sneak nice. out before the kid's birthday party. I like that. There we go. Ooh, let's talk about the PGA show because we haven't discussed that in, 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 in deep detail. I thought it was pretty good. The one thing that I was going to say is that a lot of people in the industry tend to be, I guess, somewhat haters in the show. Oh, are you going? Are you not going? It's played out, whatever. My initial POV is that, look, it's great to see the new stuff. But I, my favorite thing about the PGA show is that all of the golf industry or at least a massive amount of the golf industry is in one room at the same time. And that rarely happens in the world of golf during the season. So I think that's cool. So anyways. Agreed. I mean, look, to be fair, 95% of the stuff that you see there won't be there again next year, but that's fine. <laughs> you know, Everybody's got to try to turn <laughs> a, a hobby into a business. But um, I, I agree. Like, it's great to come in and, and I mean, you don't even have to make plans to meet people because you just run into them on the floor, you know, every few minutes. It's, it makes it, uh, and it's a big, big place. It's kind of like those Seinfeld moments. Like you always run into somebody you least expect, but uh, it's it's pretty impressive how big it was this year. I hadn't been since 20, oh, we went last year. It definitely felt bigger than last year uh, in terms I of people so. and, and hype. And like, like golf is, it's on the up. I think there's still room to hit the ceiling, but it's, Still going crazy. It's happening. Do you have a top three pieces of merch gear? Like, do you have like a must cop list from 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 going to the show? Um, definitely want the Toomey travel bag. That is to me the best thing I saw there. Um, I would love one of those those putting surfaces that you can have in your house. That you know they're like sixty grand, but they. You can have any kind of combination of putts, and it, it tracks it for you. That looked phenomenal. And last but not least, I'd probably take one of everything uh, from the Holderness and Born booth with our logo on it, with the Sleepy logo, with anybody's logo. But that's pretty much it. anybody's logo. Yeah, yeah, they they do make a good logo. It's so funny every time I go in that booth. There's like low key things that I see, and I'm like, wait a second, like that belt is kind of dope. 
yeah, those guys crush. Um, I'm trying to think, what was I into? SM10 wedges. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I want those in the all black or potentially raw. I go back and forth in the black finish because sometimes it looks really great out of the box, but then as it ages and as you don't hit the middle of the club face, which I tend to do, uh, they don't look so great. So right. I don't know, but I want to I want to hit those. Um, what else was dope? There are lots of cool new shoes. Foot Joy was dope. Um, I thought the Malvin booth was cool. Luso. Um, I talk I about know. those Luso guys yeah. too. Like they, I talk about uh, a great looking off course shoe. Like I wanted one of every one of those too. They had the, remember that that vintage tailor made one they had like in the old burner yes. Brown, like, come on, I need that. Oh yeah. I almost, I almost stole those. If they had that sample <laughs> in a 14, those, those would have been gone. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause when you think about, uh, just the lifestyle of a golfer, one of the things that I've always found cool is like, okay, I don't get dressed up for golf, but I like to look nice, right? It isn't a fancy schmancy thing, but you know, I come correct, right? You're sure, you, you know, you got your whole fit, but, but then something that's always just forgotten is that getting to the golf course, getting to your car parking lot thing. And most of the time I'm grabbing like, you know, some flip flops or some sandals or some like whatever. And you look like a bum. And I like what they're doing because it's like, hey, like you can be classy all the way through, which I think That's is right. dope. And they have the version with the heel, which is what I like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they're killing it. Yeah. I'm excited to see more from them. Uh, I'm trying to think what else? Were there any duds? Um, I mean, again, a lot of like the, the training equipment was stuff that looked kind of like snake oil salesman y. <laughs> like I just didn't yeah. trust a lot of it. Uh, right. I didn't get to try. Did, funny. did you try any of the equipment? Any of the new stuff, like the smoke and the... Uh... I, I didn't try the smoke at the show, but I tried the smoke at the, the, the golf store here in New York. Is the, the AI real? pretty dope. We like it? We like the AI? I don't... Look, I don't know yet if, if the bots are doing the thing. Uh, we'll see. So I don't know. I might, I might cop one of those. Look, my favorite club in my bag is my Callaway 5-Wood Rogue, which is like two season old. So... I'm probably not going to take that one. Like when I hit it good, I yeah. hit it good. Um, yeah. And I also think that like at a certain point, there's lots of great tech out there. I did hit one ball with the the new QI10, and that felt sick too. Um, so I don't know. Um, but I think at a certain point, there's only so much tech you can put into a golf club. So we'll we'll see. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll give it a crack. Look, I need new clubs. This is my season. I have been playing my Callaway Apex Irons since 2016. Uh, finally broke off the head of the five iron because I swung through the uh, post mid-am rough at Sleepy and it just snapped the head right off. So I figured that's a wake-up call. Time to get some new clubs. I've been gaming the Miras from Adam, Adam Scott's Miras, which I probably don't deserve to be hitting. And as I <laughs> sit here at my desk and I see that it has this beautifully designed um, you know, serial number card that I'm sure you put together, I realized that, oh, maybe it was just a collector's item. But I've loved hitting them. It makes me want to hit blades. That's for sure. Right. But I, I've seen you hit those, and I'm terrified of them. Uh, you, do you hit them good? Did you lose any yards, or all your numbers are roughly the same? A little bit of yardage probably lost on – I only played up to the five iron. I still have the okay. four iron from the Apex and then a rescue uh, Titleist TSR3. But uh, no, I mean, my seven iron is still my seven iron with – more shot shaping control and when you pure it i mean it definitely feels 
so much better. It doesn't feel like, you know, with my Apex, which they were um, the cavity back ones, um, that could be, if I pure it, that 7-iron could go 180. And I don't need a 7-iron to go 180. I need it to always go 165 to 170. Like, that's, that's right. it. So there's none of that with the, with the uh, blades. It is 170 yards. That's it. Every time. And pretty tight that's with it. where it goes. You know, like the, the curve is pretty tight. So maybe we'll keep wow. gaming them. Okay. Yeah, keep gaming the blades. Is there anything on the course that you're, I don't know, news, observing, watching? I know we've got some tournaments happening. The waste management is going on. Genesis is coming up. Uh, what else are you checking out right now, golf news-wise? What's popping? I mean, look, I'm trying to get in to live. I feel like with the move, with Rom moving over, like they've got some good guys where, you know, Rom was almost like a bad guy at the PGA Tour, you know, like Rombo. But now he's like one of the good guys there. Still haven't really watched it. I mean, golf YouTube, the algorithm's got me. I'm, I'm in. It's uh, addictive. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about the upcoming tournaments like the genesis is one of my favorite like to me that kicks off the golf season i know the waste management is happening now in the pebble beach pebble beach felt a little different this year you know it was lacking in the bill murray era area and so it felt a lot more like uh just a regular golf tournament when i think that was actually a pretty special fun thing to watch before they changed the format um but but yeah i mean i'm excited to see the waste management if they can actually play i mean you saw it yesterday it was called it off it was rainy and cold how about you um i've been reading a lot about youtube golf um now here's my thing i have been i don't want to say a hater maybe i've been a hater you've been a hater it's fine sure fair enough i've been (laughs) a hater youtube golf is fascinating uh and the numbers they were pulling some numbers about how you know they basically outperformed live uh last weekend and their, their numbers are impressive for a channel that's only, you know, a few years old. And I think it's very interesting because it shows you that that's doing something in golf that people aren't getting somewhere else. What that is, I don't know. The biggest thing that I always um, just find very perplexing is that the content is very long and I'm just not like, I don't know, even when I watch TV. I'm not going to sit down and watch something for 45 minutes straight, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm just one dude, but apparently yeah. there's an entire market that like loves that stuff. But it's great. I mean, it is for me, the, uh, the better the golfer, the more entertaining it is. And, and you know, I, I don't really want to go watch like mid handicaps like myself play. Um, but right. watching like, like Grant Horvat can put together some shots, you know, he's, he's impressive. Uh, and they're doing some interesting formats. Like, for him, it was um, playing the forward tees versus Bryson DeChambeau uh, down in Albany. Like that's kind of cool. Like humanizes like where I might land. I, again, Grant is bombing the ball, but like, could I beat right. Adam Scott from the front tees? Hundred percent no. But would I like to try? Yes. You know, yes, and for sure. agreed agreed with the length. But um, you know, we used to have this adage back in the day when we were uh, creating content and stuff for the agency uh, that every minute on the internet video was the equivalent to an hour so you know you're making a three minute video that's like a three hour video or three hour movie mm. basically and so yeah these these you know from barstool to good good to horvat to everybody like their videos are 45 minutes to an hour and a half and they're they're doing live um you know debuts of it on the internet and it, it the live stream of the first go and people are tuning in like it's a a, a big big deal um i just think that the generation probably behind us and the one behind it 
are so accustomed to not watching TV. They just live in this YouTube world where they can just watch what they want whenever they want. So it makes sense for them. Right. You know? Yeah, it does make sense. I do think that the commenting, the live commenting is probably one of the more amazing features where you can see something and like talk to your boy, even if you're not in the same room. So I think that part of it is really, really powerful. I'd be very curious to see what quote unquote big golf does with that or tries they, to tap into have, that. But I think right. that's the engagement. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. I think beyond that, the other thing that I was thinking through, and it kind of goes back to the, my other point, we were talking about Luso about like getting dressed up for golf is that those guys just dress like, normal dudes they have on like polos and shorts and they hang out and they're casual you know they're like it's super relatable right and i think there's something very interesting where you mix re relatability through the people and but then you mix that with you know a high level of talent um and then you know you're just having fun which by the way you know all these guys on the pga tour on corn ferry on live whoever when they are not playing at a, in a tournament when they're just playing for buddies which by the way they're still probably having a money game or whatever they are probably playing golf just like grant horvat it's just not being documented so exactly. it, it could be interesting to see if golf tapped into that idea of like competitive golf with the best players but more fun and more laid back and see what that looks like that i would watch that like would you watch a corn ferry tour tournament on a sunday shot good good style i don't know I mean, look, I would try it. It's the um, uh, the good, good guys and the Barstool guys. The other thing that they do really well, I think, is they have there. There's always a good player. You know, Rappaport's like a two or whatever, and then you got Trent, yeah. who is trying to break ninety. And like, I like that, like relatability. Good, good. Sorry, guys, I don't know your names, but you don't know mine either, so it's fine. Uh, there's always the, there's the one guy in there that you know he's he's probably an eight index, and like while that sounds like bad compared to some of the pluses like it's very relatable which is what i liked i'm like oh he actually hits a hero shot every once in a while too um yeah but sure. I, yeah i kind of i like that idea of uh of, you know watching a corn fairy-esque or a corn fairy tournament in that kind of style um but uh yeah we'll see you're right though back you made the point like big golf is going to have to respond um to this somehow whether they do yeah. some deals with them or they bring them in to um, events or, or, you know, like sponsor exemptions. We could talk about exemptions. Uh, you know, Horvath could probably hang in, in some of these tournaments, right? Yeah, I think so. I think they can hang. So that'll be fun to see. Uh, what, are you, what are you popping into off course right now? Anything, anything going on not in golf that you're absorbing content-wise? Ooh, uh, I just crushed the show Dr. Death, <laughs> which is a twisted show. I is that what you that. Mean? Oh man, it's yeah, yeah. Multiple seasons, but I only did the first one. Um, I I kind of tend to fall into the YouTube rabbit hole myself, so like it's really not difficult for me to watch a show. But when there's just all of this content, like my algorithm on YouTube ranges from um, you know World War II bombers because of Masters of the, the Air. I'm also watching that show to uh, <laughs> like weird math, like like paradoxes, things that you can just sit and listen to and like maybe fall asleep <laughs> to. Like it's an odd algorithm. I do wish there was an easier way for like me to show you what my YouTube page looks like. Like here, you can hit it, hit a button and see what my algorithm looks like. And I want to see what yours looks like, you know? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, what was I looking at last night? I was watching a video about 
the tides. There was some like video that I saw on Instagram about like how the the gravity of the moon, like, like you know, the water is basically like it's being pulled. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I've never actually seen that before. And I was showing it to my wife and she didn't care. I was like, this is <laughs> sick. And she was like, yeah. I don't care. And I'm like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. yeah so the, I get that a lot here. A, a rabbit hole of that. Right. Yeah. Dude, I just don't get it. Something they just about don't guys. Get it. We like weird stuff, like yeah. weird scientific historical. I don't, I don't oh, yeah. know why. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I will say that that little bit is uh, of not golf is it's very small for some. I mean, golf is all encompassing, and you know, it's like the joke is that's all like some of us have. <laughs> like, that's just our character. Uh, yeah, and I think it. that that's fine. Golf, golf, that's golf is the one of the only sports where I feel like that's totally acceptable because you can keep going to you can go out and play it. Um, so for it to be all encompassing, it's it's fine. I never get tired of it. So I agree, love it. So I have an idea, and guys, we'll we'll, we'll tell you the thinking behind this idea. We want to start uh, a new series on the podcast. Maybe we'll take it to Instagram, etc. Called Second Opinion, and here's kind of like the spiel. So basically, look, there is a lot of you know perspectives and opinions in the world of golf and we love them all and i think it's great to have kind of like an open roundtable conversation but i think what happens a lot in the world of golf is that someone says a thing and they may or may not have a massive platform and there's no real productive way to have an ongoing kind of like larger debate and hear different voices someone yells a thing and for some reason because of the size of that platform that thing becomes like you know law which I think, you know, to a certain point is just how the world works. But I also think that wouldn't it be better to hear to hear something and, and also and have an opportunity to hear a second opinion. We're gonna give it a try here. We'll see how it goes. Let's do it. Basically what we'll do is reference the thing um, that you have a second opinion on. We'll probably have our editor plug in some audio to provide more context. And then, you know, we'll we'll give our take. So we'll have some fun with it, guys. So bear with us. If you hate this, let us know. If you love it, also let us know. And uh, we'll go from there. Should I go? Do you want to go first? I can go first. You go first. Start us off. Start us off. Okay, cool. So what I have a second opinion on is uh, the perspective on Kirkland golf balls, right? And for context, um, editor, this is where you need to insert. Uh, there's a video from my golf spy where they're basically trashing the ball, right? Give that a listen, guys. The Costco golf ball is not worth your money. Honestly, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but your membership's probably better used on a rental car discount, a couple gallons of mayo, or even their four pack of gloves. After we ran these through our quality ball lab, the K-SIG scored a whopping 45 out of 100 on the chart. That's the third lowest scoring ball in all of my golf spy history, and we've been at this for a while. Compression scored 93 out of 100 on the scale, which is actually a little bit firmer than your regular Pro V1. And not to mention, the Kirkland, it's one of the spinniest balls, yes, that's a word, that we've ever tested, and I mean ever. Look, I totally get it. You're on the hunt for a deal. I would be too. But it's hard for me to recommend the Kirkland ball to really anybody scoring 45 out of 100 on the scale. So if you want to avoid losing anywhere from 6 to 10 strokes on your game, or who knows, possibly slicing the out of the ball, I'd avoid the Kirkland altogether. If you'd like our full set of data and the report, I'll drop it in our link in bio so you can go check it out. Hope this helps. But I'm, I'm being serious. Please don't buy these balls. Okay. We're back. Now, here's my take, okay? So, first and foremost, 
I understand their perspective about how this is not a good golf ball. And I think there's some validity. They do the testing. I love the fact that they really break things down. But I think there's a larger part of the conversation that's not being addressed, which is who said that the Kirkland golf ball is the best golf ball on the market and a high quality golf ball, right? So, and I have some interesting data to break down here. So for example, the Kirkland golf ball, a box, two dozen, cost $34.99. That breaks down to $1.45 a ball. Now on the high end, you've got a Pro View on, which is 55 for a dozen, so that's 4.58 a ball. And just for fun comparison sakes, I also pulled the price of a noodle and then a box of just like reload used golf balls. A noodle is a buck 16 a ball and a reload is a buck 89. So basically, a Kirkland is in be- quality wise is in between a noodle and a used golf ball, right? Now, for one other point, and then I'll give my final take, on the Costco website, this is how they market the golf ball. Introducing the Kirkland Signature three-piece urethane golf ball, Performance Plus, a high-performance golf ball that gives you more distance and increased durability on the course. Now, look, I didn't cut any golf balls in half. I'm not a nerd in that regard, so I don't really have that much science to back it up. But as a golfer, when I hear that, that sounds like a hard, long-hitting, super durable golf ball for beginners who just want to, you know, keep them in the bag. They get scratched up. They keep playing. So Costco as a brand is not saying that they're the best golf ball on the market. No one is saying that. The only people who are saying that are people who are, are jumping on the Costco hype train, right? So my take is that I agree that the fact that it's a low quality golf ball, but I don't agree with the way that they're kind of like coming at them because no one ever said it was. So why is this even an argument? So anyways, that's my second opinion. (laughs) That's an interesting take. Don't you, at one point, didn't they um, actually try to come after Titleist and make uh, like a pro V1? I know, I know this one might not be it, but uh, I think that was a few years ago that AccusNet then sued them which I know they're getting sued again for some clubs. But look, Costco yeah. makes some great stuff. They they're, they're, they make great stuff. But you're right, though. It just you got to admit it for what it is. They're not trying this time to be the best ball. They're just, you need a ball Correct. to play this game. And, you know, if you don't want to drop five bucks for every ball that you're going to you know, hit into the woods or into water uh, anyways, then, you know, give, out, give the Kirkland a try. Let's, let's see it. Yeah. See if you can if, hit that if, rock down there. That's your vibe. <laughs> right. But I think what's happening in the in the golf media, which no one wants to talk about, because in in some ways we're like golfers, like the community of golfers, we are in some ways part of the problem is that I think it's the golfers in the middle that are getting caught up in the hype. Like yep. no one is, oh, these feel like just like, a, you know, tailor made 790. And it's like, well, OK, well, that's your perspective. But like when you say those things and put that kind of like out in the in the ether and then it starts to swirl. And now you've got people reselling $300 drivers for $1,500. Like, no yeah. one is ever making these quality planes. You bought a high-value, affordable product, which I love the fact that they're doing that. that I think that's fantastic. But, like, just keep it for what it is. And, it, and what it is, it's a great thing. But no one ever said it was the Mercedes of golf ball. So, like, why are we trying to trash on them? Exactly. But, hey, look, I would love to have a conversation with the Kirkland, you know, research and design team just to understand, like, who is working there? What's their take? If you guys want to be in the podcast, I think that'd be very fun. 
Um, I'm sure they're a team of like, you know, passionate golfers. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be a fun convo. But anyways, that's my take. Like, if we're going to address the the topic, let's address it in the right way. Don't, you know, you got to address the whole conversation. And now we got to figure out who we're going to get the second opinion from. I know. Costco CEO. <laughs> well, then, all right, I've got one as well, uh, if you want to do that. Yes, let's do it. What's your second opinion? Mine is equipment as well, um, but it also plays into your game. So here's a quick take from Frankie from Barstool Sports about his horrible putting. We got Brian from New Jersey. He says, my question is, has Frankie back in the spider gang? It looks like he gave up perhaps on the blade putter. Can we get an explanation on the podcast on where his putter game is at? The reserve was in there for a while. I had to switch up something because my putting was so bad. My ball striking got to a point where I'd never hit the ball better than I did like middle of last year. And I was making horrific scores and it was just getting really, really frustrating because everything was happening on the green. I was three putting everything. There was one round where I think I had like 42 putts like here on, on Long Island at Colonial. And I was just like, that's unacceptable. Like just so unacceptable. How is that even a real number? Like three putting every single hole. Whenever you make an initial change, I feel like it makes your like the way that you're swinging or the way that you're, you're putting, you like kind of just change it based off of what's in your hand. I was actually coming through the ball. I wasn't deselling, And like, I started to putt better. And I think it's just like a placebo effect where it's like, you just have a better path. You have a better stroke. It's not the thing that's in your hand. Okay, so there you have it. Like, so he he's hitting the ball fine. He's striping it. He's hitting fairways. He's hitting greens regulations, but he's got forty two putts in a round. Obviously, something needs to change. Um, I feel like there's peaks and valleys in, in everybody's golf game. I like to change my equipment at peaks. So, example, last season, um, I switched over to my lab putter, which I have here, my Mez One. At the peak of my putting, I was I was not hitting any three putts. I was shooting well, scoring well. And I brought it into play, no other practice rounds or anything with it, other than a couple putts on the practice screen, into a tournament. First day, shoot one over on 18 with, uh, it must have been nine or 10 one putts. Uh, and I mean, this was like a lot of distance. And I, I totally believe in the sense that I was switching at the peak. I could feel everything in my putting game. I was made aware that Tiger Woods switched his swing at his peak and it took him a couple years to come back. And so, but I'm like, I'm not Tiger Woods. I think that when your game is at its best, that's when you know what everything feels like. You're going by feel. You're not getting too technical. And in the valleys, when you're at the lowest low, you're getting too technical. You could get lost. And I just, you know, while it might take longer to get back to, you know, uh, your best uh, performance, like you'll get there. But I, I just really feel, feel like you would have a much better opportunity to improve your game when you're at the best of the game. That's what I think. We need a second opinion on that. We do need a second opinion on that. It's very interesting. So basically, are you saying that if your game is at its lowest point, because this is very interesting to me, and most, I think, probably the entire golf market probably thinks this way, or the average golfer, um, is that if you're playing bad, the, the first thing you blame is the equipment, which, by the way, may or may, or may be the issue, right? Mm -hmm. But your point is that, would you say never change your equipment if you're playing bad? Or No, I would, I would personally just go back to working on fundamentals, but um, with the equipment that I have, especially mm -hmm. if I know the equipment worked at one point. So if I'm in the right. bottom of my game and it's just not working, I'm going to try to claw back with that equipment. 
and then maybe make some you know adjustments obviously on the on the swing or or swing thoughts or, or whatever that might be i'm much more of a swing thought guy than like a technical uh you know using weight plates and all that stuff and then when i get back to right. the top that's when i want to change when i know that i'm playing the game that i can play the best that i can play that's when i want to look for a little bit of uh improvement from an iron maybe a little bit more accurate uh uh with less dispersion and, or a driver that is got a little bit less spin um you know like that's but i need to be at the peak for me i'm if i'm just hunting and searching and searching and hunting like uh i think that will make me worse at golf rather than better interesting very interesting huh i like that argument well, that was fun all right guys we'll keep doing this stuff but um if you have any second opinions you can shoot us a dm or an email if you want okay let's take a quick break we've reached the clubhouse we're gonna get a quick snack uh i'm going to grab a sumo orange um these are these like massive oversized oranges i bought one last night from whole foods uh it cost three dollars which is way too much for an orange but i'm gonna snack on this really quick eric you gonna grab anything i'm gonna get some beef jerky might be a little early for it but that's my move no it's never too early for beef jerky it's Here's the thing. If it's too early for beef jerky, is it too early for bacon? It this they're the same thing. Just minus Very degrees. Fair. Very fair. Yeah. It's salted cured meat. It's all that matters. Could you fry beef jerky, by the way? Do you want to fry Ooh. some up and make it warm? I think it's I think it's already <laughs> toast. It's too lean. Way too lean. It's way too lean. Okay, we'll be right back, guys. Look, we've all done it. It's a slow Tuesday and your boss is out of town. So you sneak up for a round but you still want to flex a little bit that you're playing that course before your buddies do. The Fair Game app has you covered. You can set up your round, and when you tee off, all your buddies will know about it. They can even hop in the comments and talk smack while you're playing. Want to post a video of you hitting the purest shot of the round? You can do that too, all without your boss knowing. It'll be our little secret. Fair Game, the app for golfers. All right, guys, we're back. I still can't believe, by the way, this is episode 50. Uh, do you? I don't know. <laughs> Since I've been on all of them, I'll start with you because who cares what I think? Uh, well, I mean, I remember the very first one at the Floridian. Yes. It was me, Ben, and Adam. First time, like, really hanging out, all three of us in one place. Uh, you know, we had golfed and stuff before, but this was, like, the first time we were doing uh, fair game. That feels like 20 years ago. <laughs> it was, like, so right. long ago. <laughs> And uh, first off, so incredibly proud of what you've put together of these 50 episodes. And um, I think it's a really interesting voice in golf and, uh, you know, something that we've attained to continue like refining and, and, um, and playing with. But the fact that we just are, we're at 50 with some really incredible content behind us uh, just shows that you know, where it can go next is going to be even crazier along that we've launched an app we've started you know building out what the future of that looks like like it's been a wild ride over the past year and a half so yeah i was gonna say because i don't think i ever asked you guys this when you guys started doing this podcast thing because this was kind of like right in the middle of covid around around that time uh had adam ever, had adam ever done a podcast before in golf outside of just like being a guest here and there i want to say no. no he was one of the only athletes in especially in golf that were that were active in the sport and doing it the only other person i know of was max homa back in the day with uh shane bacon they had a show um and it was really interesting like it was it was the road to the masters with adam um 
So like his prep, we had him on the range with his swing coach. Uh, we talked to him when he landed in Augusta, like these really great behind the scenes looks that nobody's ever gotten before. Um, and then it culminated with um, Hideki Matsuyama after he won the Masters was the only podcast he did was fair game. The only American English uh, podcast he did was uh, was fair game. So we had, you know, Adam and Hideki were in Columbus, Ohio for the memorial and Hideki brought the jacket. And I remember watching Adam when Hideki walks in the room with it, hand it to him so he could see it and hold it. And like, talk about two legends, one that I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. One that took the green jacket for the first time to Australia and then the first man to bring it to Japan, the Japanese, like, yeah. And it happened on fair game. And I'm sitting on a, at a vacation with my family down in like North Carolina on a uh, Zoom. And I, my jaw is just like on the, I'm like, I can't believe this is real. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, it's been, like I said, a wild ride. And um, I, we love, I love being able to come back on it with you. I know that you bring way more interesting guests than Eric Mayville. So I'm happy that it's, <laughs> it's a once in a while, uh, once in a while kind of thing. But um but yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. And that's what makes it fun. So okay, so is your the Hideki episode? Is that your number one? I want your top three. Hideki number one. Ooh, Hideki, uh, Nelly Corda. Those are the two that I was on. Uh, yeah. And and your intro one when the first one where you came by and we were uh, we recorded what the the Mandarin Oriental in the city. That one was yeah. so fun. Like the four of us just hanging out. <laughs> together i'd put it those those three. Oh yeah that one that one was that one was pure chaos because that was literally my first day at work that was my first day on the yep. job <laughs> and the nelly one was great because you got to watch adam and nelly basically ogle over each other's swings and I was like, i'm like as yeah. long as they're ner as nerdy about it as we are like that's awesome yeah i remember that that was pretty good because i remember just like sitting back and listening and i was like oh okay they are they are swing nerds just like yep. us like yep. Because my thing was like, Nelly, your swing is perfect. There's nothing, there's nothing to think about. You just do it, and it's like, oh wow, you're really doing it. I do think about that, um, that swing drill sometimes where she does the Coca Cola thing, where she, yep. she's like, when I my shoulder touches my chin, I'm I'm done swinging back, and then I just kind of go down. So I was like, oh yeah, I do remember that. That was a fun episode. What are your three favorites then? Um, I would say I think Nelly is number one, just because having. I've never been in conversation with two pros at the same time that are like amazing and I love their swings. Two number one. Yeah, number ones in the world. So that would be number one for me. I think number two, hmm. I like the Christian Hafer episode. Um, that was with Christian and I want to say Cole. Hold on, let's pull up the episode. Cole from Metalwood. That was a really fun one. Uh, Roger Steele and Bryce Butler was really fun. Oh, Bryce is hilarious. Yeah. Roger's a straight character. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's always been a character, which I think is very fun. Um, so I would say one, Nelly Corda, two, Christian and Cole. Just because I think they're really cool dudes and I like what they've done and just seeing them grow. Um, and then I would say as like a very very close tie, I would say the Roger Steele Bryce Butler episode. And then within that, um, there's an episode we did with um, Matt Cardis from Golf in Your State and yep. Patrick Donahue from Evan Scholars. That one was probably more of like a serious uh, note. And I actually really enjoyed that conversation. It's also weird that like 
I don't, I'm not really a podcast guy and I don't, I don't listen to many podcasts. It's probably like two that I listen to. There's one called how long gone and like another one that are fun and they're not golf. Uh, but I don't see this as a podcast. I see this as like conversations with interesting people in golf, which maybe is the same thing, but maybe I'm a, I'm a weirdo, but those guys were dope because, uh, what I love for both of them is that this idea of golf as like an opportunity asset, like Matt is this dude that drives an RV around and like, you know, just a very creative, like wild man. And he's found a way to make, to make a completely non-traditional career in the world of golf. And being someone that is new to the golf industry, that was very inspirational. I mean, he goes like, oh, wow, like you can, you can find a way in this thing. I thought that was dope. And then also just uh, with Matt Carter from Evan Scholars, I didn't know much about the organization. It's like, oh, yeah, it's the caddy thing or whatever. But it's like, it's really dope what they're doing. And just being able to understand that program and like how they're, they're not just doing this, you know, one year and then they're doing this over and over and over. It's like a commitment and they're helping transform lives. So I think that was really dope to to kind of like learn, you know, because sometimes you got to have a podcast and and talk shit. And sometimes you got to like get into the meat. And I think a little bit of both is nice. So that's what we're trying to do here. Agreed. I love that. Now, question. I think we should also try to call Ben while we're on the phone. Who should we have on the podcast next? Man. What do you think? I would love to unravel some of the stuff that's happening at the tour. From the tour perspective, or even <laughs> from the Jay Monahan, is <laughs> Jay? Let's get you Jay. Let's get some folks from the uh, SG SSG. What is it? This the uh, yeah PGA Enterprise. Um, that would be phenomenal. Oh, God, there there's just so many. I, anybody, <laughs> but that'd be hilarious. How about you? Who do you want? Who do you want to talk to? Because it's you that's going to have the conversation. Um, I would like to do an episode with Min Woo and Min Ji. Uh, together and learn more about their experience with golf growing up. I think it's pretty cool that there are very few, if any, uh, Minwoo, if you're listening, like, yo, I'm going I'm to slide in your DMs, bro. Like, come on, I'd love to have you in the pot. But basically, I think it's really cool to grow up with someone who has similar dreams. Like, I'm one of six kids and, you know, I'm the only one <laughs> that does what I do, which is very interesting. Um, my brother in some ways did follow my path, but like, you know, we were further apart, so it's not the same. But I think it's interesting where they base they they both of them were super committed to golf. And I think that's uh competitive in some ways and also very interesting. And they're both really good players. So I'd love to talk about that dynamic. Um I don't know much about um, Minji, but like it seems like she's the opposite personality-wise of Minwoo. So I want to see if I'm completely wrong about that. But they're both <laughs> interesting people. Um, and I think they're both Callaway now, by the way. So I don't know. Maybe I'll slide in Callaway's DMs and try to circle around and figure that out. But I think that would be a fun episode. <laughs> that would be an amazing one. Absolutely. All right. So last question, Mr. Mayville. When and where is your next round? I'm going to LA for the Genesis, but sadly, not bringing the sticks. Um, my next round will probably be at a five iron. Does that count? <laughs> yes. No. Sims, I, Sims do count. Sims count. That'll for sure happen. And then I'm going to go down to the players and hopefully sneak in some golf. I'm definitely bringing my sticks for the players. So somewhere in the Jacksonville area. I'm not sure go. where, though. Question. Where are you staying? Are you staying uh, near the course? I haven't booked LA? anywhere yet. I, I like to. Oh, in L.A.? I will be. Yes. 
in Santa Monica. Okay. Uh, there is a range. Uh, well, it's not that far from Santa Monica because my last job, my office was in Santa Monica and I would go, you can probably drive, I think it's called Westchester's by the airport. Perfect. So I don't know. I would look, I would take your sticks personally, or at least take a, a, a small set and go hit a couple of balls at the range. If you, cause you're Delta, right? You're a Delta guy. Uh, Jet blue this time. Uh, they had the best times. Uh, that last time I went, it was, um, I didn't bring my clubs. I didn't even bring a collared shirt. And my buddy invited me to play LACC. So I had to show up t-shirt, ask Hello. permission to buy a shirt. Uh, Cause I don't know if you know about <laughs> LACC. You can't purchase anything. It has to go on your the member and then uh, borrowed some uh, tailor-made rentals. Look, you made it work. So maybe you're fine. Yeah. I like that. All right. I, How about you? I am playing, I'm playing Marine Park uh, tomorrow at 2.20. That was the only team time I can get. So we're not getting 18. I've, I've, I've committed. You might. At 2.20? Marine Park. It's going to, uh, I think the sun, the sun is like 7 o'clock these days. Is it 7? Yeah, the sun is longer, but like it's going to be chaotic there. There's going to be lots of people. So I've thought like, look, I'm going to practice, go to the range, and play a really good nine and just focus on nine holes and just try to work on my drills. I took a lesson with Liz uh, yesterday and she roasted me per usual. So we're going to work on some drills. We're going to work on the knee bend and kind of like turn the club head over and see if we can take it to the course. So perfect. Ah, I can't wait to watch you follow along on uh, fair game tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be there. All right, sir. All righty. Great chatting as always. Thanks for coming up. <laughs>